Hey, what's going on, turds? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Well, 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 today is um, Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. It is a glorious, beautiful day. 71 degrees at 5.05 p.m. Just returned from the Division II Cheer Summit, or the D2 Summit. Took place down in Orlando, Florida. Amid, of course, Disney World, the ESPN Center, and all that that entails. I, I, I gave you a little bit of a heads up that this was going down, that my daughter and my wife and, their, and the teams and the families of Airborne Elite Cheer Squad out of Warminster, New, uh, fucking Pennsylvania, how hard they've been working all the effort that they've been putting in, you know, to, to compete at a high level. This is a national cheer competition. And so the best in the, in the nation were, were there, were on the scene. And out of 20, um, out of 20 teams, my daughter's team took eighth, which not too shabby. In fact, if it were not for one mistake on behalf of one of the, I don't know, 12 to 15 girls that comprise the team, they might have been third or, or even, who knows, won the whole deal. So, um, as you can imagine, like other sports, there are different levels of competition, different age groups and skill levels, and right now my daughter, I think, is a level four. What, what comprises the skill levels? We need to be able to, to dance and need to be able to you know, do so in an organized, um, synchronous fashion with, other, with the team. We need to be able to tumble. Uh, they call them throwing, throwing a tumble or whatever. <clears throat> I'm able to throw this, this trick, this skill. So like a backhand spring, full out whatever. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but Lily can do all those things. <clears throat> and much more. I figure she, she's going to be a level five next year. She's a tremendous competitor and a great human being. Even though she's my daughter, I know that I'm biased, but she's awesome. And I got to meet all these other cheer leaders and their families. And we went to the competition together. We took little we stayed at a place called the All-Star uh, Music, which is one of the Disney resorts, one of the value Disney resorts, so it basically looks like a Marine Corps barracks, painted and adorned with, um, <clears throat> painted very colorfully and adorned with various accoutrements, you know, like this All-Star Sports, so there's a gigantic football, the size of a, you know, a two or three level building. That's like right in the middle, or there's a gigantic gridiron, a football field with turf right in the middle of the hotels. Uh, Next to that, there might be tennis, there might be whatever other sport. Had to point out my friend uh, Jill on her from the friggin' Mennonite Market. sitting on her little gator or whatever they call that. 
right across the road. That'd be cool to have like a, a farm right across. You live right across from your farm stand and it's on the hill and you go across the road back and forth, back and forth. She probably aspects of she might hate, but pretty cool thing. Have a market like that. Um, so we're friends and she's also a member of the, uh, township supervisors or something like that. Supervisors, some sort of board. She should because she lives right down the street. So, um, anyway, I digress. Went down to Orlando, went to Disney, flew down there Wednesday night at 8.30. Flight was delayed an hour. So then we pulled out 9.30, 10.30, 11.30, 12 o'clock. We're in the airport at our shuttle. It's called a Mears shuttle, M-E-A-R-S. Probably somebody's name. And the company's big fucking gigantic commercial bus. Very comfortable. Up, They load all your friggin' luggage drive right to the resort. Half hour, 40 minutes later, we're at the resort. It's one o'clock, two o'clock in the morning. We're asleep. Travel weary, definitely. You know, I had a busy week up to that point at my office. Kids with school and work. <clears throat> there was a lot that, uh, that we had to account for, you know, but we were excited for this trip and most of all to support Lily and her cheer squad. Kind of felt like, you know, I don't know what that is, but um, kind of felt a little bit like a deadbeat dad, if I'm honest with you. Because as I have described, we do a divide and conquer sort of scenario whereby I take sand all his rugby stuff track meets or whatever, and many times I'm at the office very late, so sometimes I can't even do that, so it's a blur. Mandy, meanwhile, she gets out of school, comes home, has a little bite to eat, and then jumps in a car with Lily, goes to cheer back and forth three times, four times a week sometimes, so it's a lot. There's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts in the Ober's life, and I'm sure in yours as well, but Suffice it to say that I have never seen a live um, practice. Like, I've been to the gym that she trains in in Warminster, but I've never, like, drove, driven her there and sat there with her and, um, and other families and watched, you know, the, the practice. Because I'm always doing something with my son or got something else going on, you know? I'm not, like, uh, reneging on any responsibilities, but I kind of feel a little bit like, wow, like I'm out of the loop with Lily's cheer. So I told her earlier in the year that as they went through their competitions and there was a potential for them to to train and compete in Disney, that I would be there. If they made it down, if they got a bid to go to Disney, then, then we would go and support her. And so that we did the four of us. It's a long time since we, the four of us, have done a trip like this um, together, and of course it's been a rough winter, and so we're eager to get down there in the sunshine and to squeeze as much fun in as we can, in addition to the, um, you know, the actual competition. So we fly in down there Wednesday night real friggin' late, 
next morning we wake up, we had a full day doing whatever we wanted to do. So they had like practiced in the morning and then we went to Magic Kingdom. And you go in there, I'm telling you, I've seen it before. If you've never been to Disney World, it's pretty incredible. It is a magical place. It is exciting. It is stimulating. It is awesome. It is also stressful, disgusting, hot as fucking ball sack. It was 95 degree, degrees there. You think that because it rained here in Pennsylvania um, for you know three days, oh, I would have traded with you in a heartbeat. Well, I'm sure you would have, and I can understand your point of view there. I saw a few posts from one friend in particular that said, uh, what is this, January? It's supposed to be, you know, sunshiny now. Of course, now it is 73 degrees and beautiful. <clears throat> you can tell that all the, all the leaves on the trees, the buds have not all bloomed yet, so it's really still early spring here in uh, Philadelphia region area. Down there in, in Florida, it is fucking hot as a snake's sack. I just pulled that out of my ass. It is hot as a slithery, slithering snake's vagina going through a swamp in the fucking Everglades. It's hot. So hot. It's too hot. Too hot, lady. Gotta run for shelter. Gotta run for jade. Too hot. Bam, bam. Too hot, lady. It's so fucking hot. This, look at the mess we made. I'm sweaty. Walking through the parks with Walt Disney. Bam, bam. Bam, bam, bam. I mean, holy shit. Crowded, hot, smelly. Everything, all the food for the most part was salt, sugar, fat. Fucking eating on the go, eating frickin'. This Mickey Mouse shaped ice cream sandwiches, eating fucking, uh, they call them tater drum, what do they call them, tater, they're tater tots basically, what would, what would they call them though, tater, tater uh, drums, I forget, but they were like basically tater tots, an exquisitely fried tater tot by the way, nothing soggy about them. But you eat too fucking many of those damn things. And too much fucking uh, fried chicken. Um, you know, chicken tenders and hamburgers well done. You know what I mean? It's like everything is, it's, you understand that they, they're preparing food for tens of thousands of people every day. So it's a daunting task. And then you got to figure, factor in all the shortages and all the other bullshit that you try to hide from your from real your reality while you are walking through the world's happiest, most magical place. You're thinking about you know you see, look at your phone, you see something on the the newsreel about how whatever impending uh, recession or whatever the fuck is going on. Who knows? Um. So, it's something else, man. I mean, it is fucking hot as a snake's slender, swampy cock. 
the friction created slithering through the fucking vegetation on the floor of a fucking triple canopy jungle. It's hot. It's sticky. Okay, no bugs. I did notice that. I think that's because they probably used some sort of biological warfare to thwart the bug. Otherwise, you'd be, you would be fucking dead because Disneyland, Disney World's basically built on a swamp. And there's a girl with no helmet on like a undersized BMX bike, sunglasses on, going down a hill, looking at her phone, front wheel wobbling and swaying from side to side. Very dangerous. Um, As I said, Disney World is magical, it's tremendous, it's exciting, you know, it's a happy place in an unhappy world, and the priority was to bring Lily down there and to be part of this. And as the date approached, we're thinking about every little detail we got to square away before we go, you know, where the tickets, of course, Mandy handles all that, tickets and shuttles and rooms and, you know, lightning lane passes for different rides and there's this guy that I uh, mentioned previous podcasts. He is a cheer dad. And my wife and daughter had told me that, you know, he's a colorful character and he's trying to plan it all out. We're going to hit rope drop, which is get there real early in the morning and do all these things. And you got to do this, you got to do that. I'm like, fuck. And I said, you might recall, I don't know if I'm going to love this guy or hate him. I loved him. What a nice guy, what a well-meaning person. Wasn't overwhelming, you know. Obviously, he wanted to get a plan, and he wanted to make sure everybody had a great time. And I'm very, he's, uh, they asked me who my favorite person was. Well, obviously, uh, aside from my immediate family, I liked this guy. I could tell that he cared and wanted to, to do right by everyone and, and provide, try to facilitate a good experience for everyone. So I made a new friend, and that's awesome. Another you know, bonus to the trip. I mean, scooters everywhere. Fat people on scooters everywhere. People of questionable disability, questionable disability, on scooters, being pushed in uh, wheelchairs everywhere. And Sam, my boy, who's the most able-bodied among us, I and mean, we're walking twenty to 25, the max was 26,600 something steps. That's 11 miles. We walked 11 miles in a day around the parks in 95 degree heat and who knows how much fucking humidity. We did that every day. 9 to 11 miles every day for 5 days. And so it was stressful, man. It was really friggin' stressful. And it was exciting, and it was wonderful, and there was a lot of smiles, and a lot of, you know, we had some great meals. Uh, we had um, the accommodations, as I said, it was kind of like a little barracks. They're cute little places, though. Like, there's all kinds of levels, right? I guess if you're part of, part of a vacation club, you can visit these different, you get the opportunity to go to these different um, types of hotels. And if you got Buku dinero, a lot of money, then you can go to the best of them. But this little one was two freaking full-size beds, and we're sleeping, you know, one one adult with each child. 
out of necessity and they were tiny and the bathroom you got to freaking open the door it was just um, to get in it was difficult you had to kind of like squeeze yourself in there very challenging so uh, it was a very interesting thing but beautiful little resorts have everything you need got a nice chow hall nice little uh, center they get where they have uh, buy t-shirts and knickknacks and basic essentials and whatever so it's a good experience, I think. If you've never been to Disney World, it's something you should do. Preferably, you hit this guy, um, our new friend, my new friend, from the cheer, the cheer dad I mentioned. You need somebody like him helping to curate this whole thing. That's what I call him, like the curator. He made sure that everything, you know, we had everything we needed. And so we went on some great rides. I mean, I could create a podcast just on the different rides that you would go on, but... I mean, there's the Magic Kingdom, and there's Hollywood Studios is another park. There's Animal Kingdom. There's Epcot. Those are the four parks that we went to. I think that was four, maybe five. Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Magic Kingdom, Epcot. And also there's this place called Disney Springs, which is like a, a shopping mall walk that you walk through. And they've got really nice restaurants and water features and nice decor and all that shit. So it's a really nice uh, experience. But like I said, hot as a motherfucker. Like I had a pound water just endlessly. I had a pound water without end. My wife and daughter were giving me shit about how they, they wouldn't drink quote unquote piss water, which is me filling up the bottles from a water fountain. But, you know, I kind of objected to filling, to buying, uh, spending shitloads of money on like three fifty, at least $3.50 a goddamn bottle. Okay, let me pause just for one moment. <clears throat> okay, as I was saying, we're down in Disney. We got fucking, you got a hydrator, you're dead meat, okay? You're dead. So water bottles. We had probably 30, at least 30 water bottles stacked up empty in our hotel room on top of the TV. Again, close quarters, yes, yes. I would fill those up as many times as I could. Out of, out of the sink, out of the freaking water fountains, out of legit uh, water bottle refill stations. Whatever I could get, I would fill it up. And my wife and daughter were calling it piss water, which maybe it is, but my, my belief is this. I know that water is not water is not water, right? I know that there's water that's of higher quality. 
I know that, um, I also know that many of our municipal water, um, your average municipal water treatment facilities in the United States have really, really fucking impeccable standards, and they're required, unless you're Flint, Michigan, they're required to provide reports on heavy metals, impurities, coliform bacteria levels, that's E. coli, that comes from poop, and all kinds of other impurities. And so most of our municipal water facilities are good to go, okay? <clears throat> and so if you're freaking Disney World, I'm assuming even though your water might not taste great, that's why they're calling it piss water, it might, it might not taste great, but it's it's high-quality, fucking safe-to-drink water. And it's not $350 a fucking a bottle, which I think is ridiculous. In fact, if there were one thing that I could, a complaint that I could make, given the heat, given the humidity down there, given a clear risk for uh, heat casualties... Heat cramps, heat freaking exhaustion, heat stroke. Can kill you. I feel like they should have, and, and they're, you know, they got a green mission and all this stuff. They're trying, it's actually, um, their theme at Epcot right now is is green, going green. And it's uh, spring, so plants growing and all that shit, right? So, given that that is their mission, you think that they would have water refill stations everywhere. I didn't know if that was a function of, uh, you know, hey, let's just run up a bill. You know, water's got to be a major cash cow for them. I'm sure that this is a common complaint. You know, Dasani water, smart water, whatever, I mean... They're just selling that shit left and right. Or is it because they, they you know, water, okay, they, they would rather put it on um, a vendor. You know, to have Dasani, have Smart Water, have Coca-Cola, whatever. Make them responsible for the water quality. So when people are sipping on water, it's not on them. They don't have to hear complaints about whatever the local water source. But again, Disney, they got to have... I know it's on a swamp and maybe the water's eggy or sulfuric or whatever the fuck it is. It's like, why is it that the best bagels are produced in New York City? Something about the water I've read. Is that true? In the year 2022, is it really something that unique about water in Manhattan, in New York City, that makes it great or great for bagel making? It just doesn't seem seems implausible. So, it's in, something interesting to discuss. And I gotta fucking believe that they have, you know, a hundred people at those parks, at least, if not hundreds on a very hot day, 
people falling ill with heat exhaustion and stroke. So we got to do what we can to prevent that sort of thing. No stranger to that, having you know served in the Marine Corps, it's a constant risk of that. I've seen a lot of people go down as heat injuries. It's scary. Again, it can be fatal. And you want to have a good time down at the park. You need that stamina to walk from park to park and ride to ride. And it's a calamity, man. It is something else. So I mentioned that Sam, the most able-bodied among us, he was complaining about the individuals riding around in, in uh, scooters. And at first I was like, yeah, you know, it's disgusting to me too. It just There's so many people who, that absent any major disability, they just, they don't have mobility. They don't have, they're too heavy. They're too, they're too arthritic. They're too sedentary to go in there and, and expect to, to walk 9 to 11 miles. And it definitely, there's something, it's, there's evidence, hence, of the, uh, you know, the shape that we are in as Americans. It was challenging to me. I'm not in the best shape of my life, but holy shit, man. It's hot. I was fucking I, eating whatever we could eat just to put calories in us to give us energy to get from point A to point B and, and sustain this good time. So, <clears throat> let's get to the nuts and bolts of it, though. Get down to the freaking business. Lily's team competed on Friday. They had a great performance there. Like I said, there was one uh, mistake where a girl, you know, fell while doing a tumble, and it wasn't even a function of what she was doing wrong. It was the a different type of uh, a very a particularly springy spring floor, I guess, that jettisoned this young lady who's done this move many, many times. Um, So she fell. She kind of like over-rotated and wound up coming off the, the mat a little bit and corrected she corrected immediately and finished up uh, her job. But just that much, just that one mistake made the difference between third place and eighth place. And so, no harm done. Again, a national level competition, so there was a very, very stiff competition there. It was from the best teams 20 best teams in the country, and Lily's bomb squad, uh, they turned out eighth. So we have our competition, and it's a great day, and we take some pictures, and there were some tears, and there was some smiles, and there was a lot of camaraderie, and it was beautiful weather the entire time we were there, if you like hot, snake dick weather. Sunny every day. It's beautiful. Rained one night. It was nice and refreshing just to replenish for the next day. So we have a great time. We go to all these parks. Went on friggin' Space Mountain. We went on Thunder Mountain Railroad. Went on Snow White and the Seven Dwarves fucking mine train. We went on Ratatouille Ride, where you're you're like a little mouse that's scurrying around the kitchen floor. <coughs> um, we went on fucking uh, haunted hay, haunted house ride every fucking thing we went on. And we had these lightning lanes passes, so that gets us there quick. Which is awesome, right? 
So you don't have to wait in long lines. So we had plenty of excitement, and we ended most nights 10, 11 o'clock in the, in the hotel room, exhausted, hit the rack, and repeat. And we knew that's what we were in for, and it was a great time. It was a great time to be together. I don't want to do it again anytime soon. I will say that, because <clears throat> it's uh, stressful and expensive, and, and it's just too much. We get on the flight, we're fulfilled the next, uh, yesterday, we get fucking some breakfast in us, we check out, we get to the airport, flight comes on time, lands on time, get the shuttle to our car, fucking, which is in Essington, <coughs> lot, parking lot was in Essington, so they come fucking parking jet, probably won't use them again, but it's another story, we get home, can't wait to see my bogey boy, you know, he's been watched by one of my friends and patients for five days, she took impeccable care of him, stayed at our home, and uh, just felt so good knowing that he was taken care of, and so excited to see him, he comes out, pisses all over himself and us, and reunited, we put, bring all the friggin' stuff in, unloaded, things calm down, order some Chipotle, disgusted that we're going to have to eat junk food, or take out, but it's lesser of evils, as far as takeout is concerned, right? Chipotle's not terrible. We order that at like 8.30 at night, I gotta wake up for an 8 a.m. patient this morning. 6.30 a.m. wake up, right? My wife and I look at each other. We had a little fucking rant, a little... You know, we're just t run down, exhausted, right? A little sniffling. <clears throat> Figured it was a responsible thing to do to take a test prior to uh, going back into work. Sure as shit, we got the fucking COVID cooties. Which, um... I always knew it was a distinct possibility. Right? Because... There's so many fucking people, tens of thousands of people you're sharing space with, you're getting on rides with, you're going around turnstiles with, you are eating next to your servers, your your patrons, your hosts, your characters, fucking Mickey Mouse running around, you know, all the different characters that you know and love, and just the, the shuttle, you're on a shuttle, which is a bus, like a stripped down bus with big windows and You've got, I don't know, 50, 100 people on that bus with you. And you're waiting for the shuttle. Let the shuttle stop. And you're waiting next to people. And you're you know, drinking and eating. And right next to fucking everybody. Like, the whole proximity thing obviously goes against, entirely against the grain of what's <clears throat> been going on with the COVID cooties terms of like social distancing, you, you just can't do it there, right, if you're going to go one place where, if you're trying to limit your, um, your exposure to people and contact surfaces and all that shit, the air you breathe, I mean, staying in a hotel, 
whatever. If you do that, you go to Disney, there's no fucking distancing from anybody or anything. Not to mention, we're in a huge indoor um, arena where the cheer was happening and everybody's just sandwiched in there. So you can't escape from this shit if you try. So again, some sniffles, um, feeling run down, coming back, all the excitement, and now we went from 60 to zero real quick. We tested, positive, wife's positive, daughter's positive, Sam's negative. Now, Sam had COVID a few months ago, maybe five months ago. It's no big deal for him. It was like an overnight blip on the radar screen, minor blip. <clears throat> So, after three years of dodging this fucking critter and all the talk that I've done about it and about the just the agony of testing and safety and social distancing and impact to my schedule where you got people canceling and rescheduling and canceling again and I mean everybody that I know that has been safer than safe eventually gets this fucking thing. This family that I know, they, you know, they've been so safe. God, one of the only things that they've been doing for the past couple of years is like going to my, coming to my office, you know. And a few, a couple weeks ago, right before I, I left, for, we left for Disney, in fact, they went, you know, they went away. A couple of things. They went to uh, Louisiana, for, to New Orleans for a week or a few days, then they went out to see their daughter in, in uh, college for a weekend, they come back from that, I think, and they had it, and they're okay, you know, just like I'm okay, I'm driving around, and all day today, by the way, I, uh, I've been out, out in the yard doing fucking mowing the lawn, weed whacking, watering my plants, and just staying busy, because an idle mind's a devil's fucking workshop, I don't need to be sitting, looking at my phone, and doing emails, and oh my god, are you okay, I understand everybody's, you know, loves me, and I love them, I'm gonna be fucking fine, alright, I sound a little nasal right now, that's like the remainder of the COVID cooties, that's all. You know, the rest of the family been inside all day. I've been outside getting some vitamin D. Pounding water. We're going to have a nice meal together. We got our bogey boy. We're all back in one home. And we don't have to wait for a fucking, you know, make this deadline for a lightning lane or anything like that. Anytime soon. So... It was actually wonderful. You know, there was a time to get COVID. I think this is actually the perfect time. Why? Because, again, we knew that this was a possibility in um, in going to Disney. If it was going to happen, what if we, one of us contracted COVID leading up to this and couldn't go? Or everybody got it then she couldn't go and compete. She'd have been uh, just crushed, 
devastated because she would have been unable to do to show her stuff and be part of the team. So we made it down there. She had her competition. She did her best. She shined so fucking brightly. Got to see my daughter happy and engaged. And, and she, other girls, <clears throat> I overheard them as they were walking. Uh, I overheard the other girls say, Oh, Lily, you really come out of your shell down here. Like, oh, this is great. You know, they, they love Lil. She's talking. She's running off with them instead of being up my wife's, wife's ass. Joined the hip with my lovely wife, lovely, caring, supportive wife who, who again, is <clears throat> like, they're like Siamese twins or something. They're together so much. So, it's a good thing. But Mandy will tell you, me that, uh, you know, she hoping that she was going to come out of her shell and go out there into the world and and let people see what she's made of. And she's done that, and as I said, the girls were <coughs> had taken notice of that as well. And I thought that, that it was wonderful to hear that, you know. She took her mask off because it was an exercise in futility to keep it on. Eventually, you know, going on these rides, walking around the parks, Lily, even Lily took her mask off. And from that point on, she just went in Rome. She went out to the fucking, got in line for whatever ride and had a great time. And you could tell it wasn't even on her mind. This little infinitesimal critter that has caused so much havoc and so much fear. She just did it. She just went and competed through it. Break. Okay, I'm back. So, as I was relating... Contracted the COVID cooties. It's unfortunate. It's disruptive. But we are all, um, at this point, feeling pretty good. A little tired, a little sniffly. And certainly run down. But that could be as much a function of just walking around those parks, doing half marathon speed walking around this freaking parks in the heat as it is from any super flu or whatever the fuck obviously you can tell by my voice I'm not taking too much off my game by this at all but it's one of those things you know having dodged it for so long, finally being stung by this, by this critter, all the stories you've heard, you know, all the debate about masks or no masks or surfaces or all the little things that we've done, all the safety measures we've adhered to or have not. I mean, the Obers have tried to be very, very safe. But, of course, you remember me 
talking about how pleased I was for the mask mandate to expire so that we no longer do that in the office. It's fucking hot. It is a little bit stressful to be always having that mask on when you're working as hard as I do. Um, inside, it's like, oh, you feel like a little claustrophobic. Like there's, there's definitely, definitely requires a little extra effort to breathe. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to reduce your VO2 <clears throat> max or anything like that or your oxygen saturation or anything like that but it's it's something to to be concerned about so I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore I feel like we're operating safely and just watch the young family walk into you know, a local restaurant kids piling out of the car going up in there and everybody playing and you know, people just kind of going about their business. I'm glad folks are going about their business. And I'm upset about getting COVID, particularly since I was ready to, you know, after having all that play, I was ready to get back to work and get back to normal. And this is going to delay that for a few days. But best I can surmise, I contracted this on Friday. Was it the... the venue at the ESPN Center where we're all sandwiched next to however many hundred or a thousand cheerleaders and their families. Was that it? Was it something in the HVAC system of the resort that we stayed at? Was it the piss water? Was it something that I contracted before we even got on the plane to go to Disney? Who knows? Who knows? I'm not going to, my mind's not going to run wild about it, but I think that it's, it could have been, you know, again, the airport, the flight, the, you know, the, um, the shuttle to the airport, to and fro, just the, the constant, you had to let your guard down. I went on Reddit last night and I looked, so what are the, what is the likelihood search what is the likelihood of contracting COVID at a theme park. Well, it's a lot higher than just kind of going about your normal routine, right? (laughs) Because you're basically standing around thousands of other strangers. So it's high. It's possible. And there were, there's at least one other girl who contracted it that's on her team. Um, that contracted COVID down in the park. So it's obviously a risk. I can't believe that I feel the way I do in terms of, you know, justify like this. I'm not going to hang my head about this, you know. It is what it is. Count me among the hundreds of millions of people 7 billion people in the world hundreds of millions of people I think half the United States has contracted COVID-19 now I'm part of that group and I'm vaccinated I'm boosted I've been as safe as I can be for as long as I can be 
And if this is the worst that it gets, then I'm glad I went down to Disney and saw my daughter compete on a national level. And I made a friend, many friends, I think, and had a good experience with the family. And it was something that I felt that we needed to do. And we're going to be just fine. I said I probably contracted this on Friday, so per CDC regulations, you're most contagious a couple days prior to your contracting it, so um, Thursday, Friday, if I contracted it, it became symptomatic on Saturday. This is interesting, okay? Saturday night, Saturday we went to, shit, where we go? We went to Epcot during the day, hot as balls. Then we fucking, that afternoon, we went to another park. And then that evening, we went to, um, met up with the group, and we went to yet another park. Oh, Animal Kingdom, which is big and hot and has a snake's cock in a swamp dragon on its underbelly it's fucking Peter dragon right up against the mud and the sand and the fucking grime just a lot of friction there you know what I'm saying so we did a lot that was the 26,000 plus step day 11 miles. I was hot as fuck. Speed walking around this, all those parks. I get home and I, I, I took every effort to hydrate that day, but I was clearly fucking in a fragile state. I'd said, I'm gonna, I told my daughter as we were walking through Animal Kingdom that night that I'm gonna collapse tonight and I don't wanna hear anything about my snoring or anything like that because it's just inevitable. It's nothing I can do about it. I want to be so exhausted that my larynx is just going to be so floppy and I snore and I know it's, I got to do something about my snoring. <clears throat> but uh, we get back to that hotel and I fucking take a shower and I collapse in bed and I go up to take a leak and, of course, the combination of the heat that we've been exposed to, maybe some dehydration, certainly some dehydration, and the very, very cold, comparative, you know, uh, forced HVAC coming through. I was thankful to have the air conditioning, but it was coming out focusing right on me. So when I got up, I went into these shivers, man. So I must have been running a fever. And that was Saturday night. I was shaking like a fucking leaf. I had to get underneath the blanket and put another blanket on top, and I just got in the fetal position. I was able to stop these convulsions, wherever the fuck they were. I, I chalked that up to dehydration. It must have been the COVID cooties. Taking hold. Woke up the next morning, and it was over. I had sweated quite a bit. But... Rehydrated, went over to the fucking 
cafeteria, got a nice meal, and we went out again. You know, the interesting thing, and I'll end on this note, I know this has been a long podcast, but what's interesting to me is that when you're on a mission like this, like, I, I did think throughout this process, I'm like, ooh, I wonder if they're, like, giving out free COVID tests, or what do they do with people that get sick while they're down there? Do you get I'm a thousand miles, a couple thousand miles away from home, right? What do I do? Do I do I get on a plane and fly back sick? Do I rent a car, call the rental agency and say, hey, we got COVID, we want to rent a car and drive home? What do you do? Because you want to be responsible, you don't want to get anybody else sick, but you're not sure that you're sick and you don't want to end your good time and you're all run down and hot and bothered and everything else, so you're just fucking going like a machine. Like, nothing about this experience was incapacitating. But I just constantly go and go and go, and obviously that is a stress, physical, mental, emotional stress as well. But when you're in the throes of an experience like this, and I've, I've experienced it before a couple times, Three times we've been down to Disney in the past ten years, I think. All around the kids' sports and shit like that. <clears throat> when when you're doing this stuff, when you are engaged in a good time at the caliber of Disney, It's just a matter of what park are we going to tomorrow and what rides do we want to line up to get these lightning lane genie passes for or whatever because that's our good time. Oh, tomorrow we're doing this. Tomorrow we're going on, you know, the, you know, we're going to eat it here and we're going to go on the fucking Ratatouille ride and we're going to go on Soarin' and we're going to do all these things. You have to organize your trip. And so you're so such in such a deliberate you know, excitement mode that you know eh, when I walk through the gift shops or whatever I was wondering if they had some halls or um, you know my wife said a couple times that her throat was a little scratchy or somebody had a loose stool or whatever no shit it was a fucking incredibly stressful experience just 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 doing this, just being, um, being part of this journey, it's a stress, not to mention the athletes that are going there to try to, you know, all of their hard work, they're hoping it's going to pay off and come together so that they can, they can really, you know, win this competition, compete well, perform, look good, you know, and they did, and so, in summary, what an experience. Daughter's team took eighth <clears throat> in the nation at her level of competition. She, her routine, her part was flawless. She came out of her shell, made a bunch of friends, took her mask off, showed her face and herself to the world. And that's more important than any fucking theme park or any fucking perk that 
Disney and Mickey Mouse can possibly offer up. That is the best. That's why we got her involved in in sports and activities, so that she can she can show what she's made of, and she can make friends in the process and have commonality and have something a feather in her cap that she can use to as a springboard to do other cool things in life. And Lily, uh, you know, maybe you have a child like her. Maybe you're a person like her. She's quiet, a quiet worker. She's a little self-conscious, like most teenage girls, most teenagers, most people. <clears throat> but she's a very, very good person. And she's very smart. She's very physically gifted. And she's a fucking hard worker, man. So we want other people to see that. Her peers, you know? And, and so that she has their respect and vice versa and we saw her palling around with the girls and the families and so to have today off because we got the fucking an active COVID cootie infection five days going on you know four days or five days old no longer contagious most likely we're going to test out over the next couple days. I just went to the office to pick up these fucking tests. <clears throat> Tomorrow I'll test out. And Thursday I'll test out. And so long as I'm clear, I'm going to be returned to the office Thursday or Friday this week wearing a mask. And then next week I should be free and clear of this nonsense. So I say, it was fucking worth it. We knew that this was a possibility. At the start of this journey, we knew that it was a fucking incredible journey to do all this training for competition and to put the logistics together and to get there, the team intact. We saw the window. The team was able to go down there and travel down there with their families and compete and put together a pretty freaking substantial victory. We had fun in the process with other people. So if we got a little fucking cooties, and it's also, it's almost a relief in a way. Because you know, we've all been fucking working so hard to dodge this damn thing. And in the process, as each, you know, as the weeks and months and the years pass by and, you know, the people that can say that they didn't have the cooties are few and far between, right? Everybody's getting it. And in most cases, if you're vaccinated, it's a mild case. So what? I got a little fucking congestion. It was worth it. And now... Between my vaccines and my um, and the an actual infection, I'm gonna have super immunity. So this shit's gonna bounce off me. That's why Sam is is most likely negative, right? Because he ha- he had COVID and he had the vaccine. 
So my reading, my scientific readings uh, suggest that that's the scenario that plays out. So nobody wants to get the fucking COVID cooties if, if they don't have to. But if you do, and you make it through with a mild case, guess what? Now you're boosted up. So that this thing can do that much less damage to you. So, COVID-19, took a COVID-19, I like to tell you, go fuck yourself. Alright? <clears throat> nice try. Disney, uh, Mickey Mouse, I'd like to tell you to go fuck yourself too. Because you, um, although we had a great fun in the process, <clears throat> it was also a fucking ordeal. And full Americana on display. Just people haphazardly walking in lanes. No semblance of order. No lanes. Just like, oh, I'm going to stagger over in your direction now. Oh, I'm going to cut clear across. No, no, keep, I would say to the family, like, keep right past left. When we come up behind people that are meandering around. Passing lane, motherfucker. So, <clears throat> looks like I'm running low on time to do my podcast. I think I've said my piece here. I'll be fine. Kicking ass and taking names. Be back in the office by the end of the week. Safely. Um, to take care of my beloved patients. And I look forward to seeing everybody. <clears throat> hey, what's going on, turds? Dr. Drill with the Making Motivation Podcast. Well, 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 today is um, Tuesday, May 10th, 2022. It is a glorious, beautiful day. 71 degrees at 5.05 p.m. Just returned from the Division II Cheer Summit, or the D2 Summit. Took place down in Orlando, Florida. Amid, of course, Disney World, the ESPN Center, and all that that entails. I, I, I gave you a little bit of a heads up that this was going down, that my daughter and my wife and, their, and the teams and the families of Airborne Elite Cheer Squad out of Warminster, New, uh, fucking Pennsylvania, how hard they've been working all the effort that they've been putting in, you know, to, to compete at a high level. This is a national cheer competition. And so the best in the, in the nation were, were there, were on the scene. And out of 20, um, out of 20 teams, my daughter's team took eighth, which not too shabby. In fact, if it were not for one mistake on behalf of one of the, I don't know, 12 to 15 girls that comprise the team, they might have been third or, or even, who knows, won the whole deal. So, um, as you can imagine, like other sports, there are different levels of competition, different age groups and skill levels, and right now my daughter, I think, is a level four. What, what comprises the skill levels we need to be able to uh, 
to dance, you need to be able to, you know, do so in an organized, um, synchronous fashion with other, with the team. You need to be able to tumble, uh, they call them throwing, throwing, uh, tumble or whatever. <clears throat> I'm able to throw this, this trick, this skill. So like a backhand spring, full out, whatever. I don't even know what the fuck that means, but... Lily can do all those things. <clears throat> and much more. I figure she, she's going to be a level 5 next year. She's a tremendous competitor and a great human being. Even though she's my daughter, I know that I'm biased. But she's awesome. And I got to meet all these other cheer leaders and their families. And we went to the competition together. We took little... We stayed at a place called the All-Star uh, Music which is one of the Disney resorts, one of the value Disney resorts. So it basically looks like a Marine Corps barracks painted and adorned with, um, <clears throat> painted very colorfully and adorned with various accoutrements, you know, like this all-star sports. So there's a gigantic football the size of a, you know, a two or three level building that's like right in the middle. Or there's a gigantic gridiron, a football field with turf right in the middle of the hotels. Uh, next to that, there might be tennis. There might be whatever other sport. <clears throat> Had to point out my friend uh, Jill on her from the friggin' Mennonite Market. Sitting on her little gator or whatever they call that. right across the road. That'd be cool to have like a, a farm right across. You live right across from your farm stand and it's on the hill and you go across the road back and forth, back and forth. She probably, aspects of it she might hate, but pretty cool thing. Have a market like that. Um, so we're friends and she's also a member of the uh, township supervisors or something like that. Supervisors, some sort of board. She should because she lives right down the street. So, um, anyway, I digress. Went down to Orlando, went to Disney, flew down there Wednesday night at 8.30. Flight was delayed an hour, so then we pulled out 9.30, 10.30, 11.30, 12 o'clock. We're in the airport at our shuttle. It's called a Mears Shuttle, M-E-A-R-S, probably somebody's name, and the company's big fucking gigantic commercial bus very comfortable, up, they load all your friggin' luggage, and drive it right to the resort, half hour, 40 minutes later, we're at the resort, it's 1 o'clock, 2 o'clock in the morning, we're asleep, travel weary, definitely, you know, I had a busy week up to that point at my office, kids with school and work, <clears throat> there was a lot that, uh, that we had to account for. You know, but we were excited for this trip, and most of all, to support Lily and her cheer squad. Kind of felt like, you know, what that is, but um, kind of felt a little bit like a deadbeat dad, if I'm honest with you, because as I have described, we do a divide and conquer sort of scenario, whereby. I take Sandal's rugby stuff, or 
there's track meets or whatever, and many times I'm at the office very late, so sometimes I can't even do that, so it's a blur. Mandy, meanwhile, she gets out of school, comes home, has a little bite to eat, and then jumps in a car with Lily, goes to cheer back and forth three times, four times a week sometimes, so it's a lot. There's a lot going on, a lot of moving parts in the Oberst life, and I'm sure in yours as well. But suffice it to say that I have never seen a live um, practice. Like, I've been to the gym that she trains in in Warminster, but I've never, like, drove, driven her there and sat there with her and, um, and other families and watched, you know, the, the practice because I'm always doing something with my son or got something else going on, you know? I'm not, like, uh, reneging on any responsibilities, but I kind of feel a little bit like, wow, like I'm out of the loop with Lily's cheer. So I told her earlier in the year that as they went through their competitions and there was a potential for them to to train and compete in Disney, that I would be there. If they made it down, if they got a bid to go to Disney, then, then we would go and support her. And so that we did. The four of us. It's a long time since we, the four of us, have done a trip like this um, together. And of course, it's been a rough winter, and so we're eager to get down there in the sunshine and to squeeze as much fun in as we can. In addition to the, um, you know, the actual competition. So we fly in down there Wednesday night, real friggin' late. Next morning, we wake up. We had a full day doing whatever we wanted to do. So they had, like, practiced in the morning, and then we went to Magic Kingdom. And you go in there, I'm telling you, I've seen it before. If you've never been to Disney World, it's pretty incredible. It is a magical place. It is exciting. It is stimulating. It is awesome. It is also stressful, disgusting, hot as fucking ball sack. It was 95 degree degrees there. You think that because it rained here in Pennsylvania for, you know, three days, oh, I would have traded with you in a heartbeat. Well, I'm sure you would have, and I can understand your point of view there. I saw a few posts from one friend in particular that said, uh, what is this, January? It's supposed to be, you know, sunshiny now. Of course, now it is 73 degrees and beautiful. You can tell that all all the leaves on the trees, the buds have not all bloomed yet, so it's really still early spring here in uh, Philadelphia region area. Down there in, in Florida, it is fucking hot as a snake's sack. I just pulled that out of my ass. It is hot as a slithery, slithering snake's vagina going through a swamp in the fucking Everglades. It's hot. So hot. It's too hot, too hot, lady. Gotta run for shelter, gotta run for jade. Too hot, bam, bam. Too hot, lady. It's so fucking hot. This look at the mess we made. I'm sweaty, walking through the parks with Walt Disney. Bam, 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 bam. I mean, holy shit. 
crowded, hot, smelly, everything, all the food for the most part was salt, sugar, fat, fucking eating on the go, eating frickin' this Mickey Mouse shaped ice cream sandwiches, eating fucking, uh, they call them tater drum, what do they call them, tater, they're tater tots basically, what would, what would they call them though, tater, tater, uh, drums, I forget, but they were like basically tater tots, an exquisitely fried tater tot by the way, nothing soggy about them. But you eat too fucking many of those damn things. And too much fucking uh, fried chicken. Um, you know, chicken tenders and hamburgers. Well done. You know what I mean? It's like everything is, it's, you understand that they, they're preparing food for tens of thousands of people every day. So it's a daunting task. And then you got to figure, factor in all the shortages and, all the other bullshit that you try to hide from your from real your reality while you are walking through the world's happiest, most magical place. You're thinking about you know you see, look at your phone, you see something on the the newsreel about how whatever impending uh, recession or whatever the fuck is going on. Who knows? Um. So, it's something else, man. I mean, it is fucking hot as a snake's slender, swampy cock. The friction created, slithering through the fucking vegetation on the floor of a fucking triple canopy jungle. It's hot. It's sticky. Okay, no bugs. I did notice that. I think that's because they probably used some sort of biological warfare to thwart the bug, otherwise you'd be, you would be fucking dead, because Disneyland, Disney World's basically built on a swamp, and there's a girl with no helmet on like a undersized BMX bike, sunglasses on, going down a hill, looking at her phone, front wheel wobbling and swaying from side to side, very dangerous, um, As I said, Disney World is magical, it's tremendous, it's exciting, you know, it's a happy place in an unhappy world, and the priority was to bring Lily down there and to be part of this. And as the day approached, we're thinking about every little detail we got to square away before we go, and, you know, where the tickets, and of course Mandy handles all that, tickets and shuttles and rooms and, you know, lightning lane passes for different rides and there's this guy that I uh, mentioned previous podcasts. He is a cheer dad. And my wife and daughter had told me that, you know, he's a colorful character and he's trying to plan it all out. We're going to hit rope drop, which is get there real early in the morning and do all these things. And you got to do this. You got to do that. I'm like, fuck. And I said, you might recall, I don't know if I'm going to love this guy or hate him. I loved him. What a nice guy, what a well-meaning person. Wasn't overwhelming, you know. Obviously, he wanted to get a plan, and he wanted to make sure everybody had a great time. And I'm very, he's, uh, 
they asked me who my favorite person was. Well, obviously, uh, aside from my immediate family, I liked this guy. I could tell that he cared and wanted to, to do right by everyone and, and provide, try to facilitate a good experience for everyone. So I made a new friend, and that's awesome. Another you know, bonus to the trip. I mean, scooters everywhere. Fat people on scooters everywhere. People of questionable disability, questionable disability on scooters being pushed in uh, wheelchairs everywhere. And Sam, my boy, who's the most able-bodied among us, I mean, we're walking 20 to 25, we, the max was 26,600-something steps. That's 11 miles. We walked 11 miles in a day around the parks in 95-degree heat, and who knows how much fucking humidity. We did that every day, 9 to 11 miles every day for five days. And so it was stressful, man. It was really friggin' stressful. And it was exciting and it was wonderful. And it was a lot of smiles and a lot of, you know, we had some great meals. Uh, we had um, accommodations. I said it was kind of like a little barracks. They're cute little places, though. Like there's all kinds of levels, right? I guess if you're part of, part of a vacation club, you can visit these different, you get the opportunity to go to these different um, types of hotels. And if you got Buku dinero, a lot of money, then you can go to the best of them. But this little one was two freaking full-size beds, and we're sleeping, you know, one one adult with each child at a necessity. And they were tiny, and the bathroom, you got to freaking open the door. It was just, um, to get in, it was difficult. You had to kind of like squeeze yourself in there. Very challenging. So, uh... It was a very interesting thing. But beautiful little resorts. Have everything you need. You got a nice chow hall, nice little uh, center they get where they have uh, buy t shirts and knickknacks and basic essentials and whatever. So it's a good experience, I think. If you've never been to Disney World, it's something you should do. Preferably, you hit this guy, um, our new friend, my new friend, from the cheer, the cheer dad I mentioned. You need somebody like him helping to curate this whole thing. That's what I call him, like the curator. He made sure that everything, you know, we had everything we needed. And so we went on some great rides. I mean, I could create a podcast just on the different rides that you would go on. But, I mean, there's the Magic Kingdom, and there's Hollywood Studios is another park. There's Animal Kingdom. There's Epcot. Those are the four parks that we went to. I think that was four, maybe five. Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, Magic Kingdom, Epcot, and also there's this place called Disney Springs, which is like a, a shopping mall walk that you walk through, and they've got really nice restaurants and water features and nice decor and all that shit. So it's a really nice uh, experience. But like I said, hot as a motherfucker. Like, I had a pound water, just endlessly. I had a pound water without end.
and my wife and daughter were giving me shit about how they, they wouldn't drink quote unquote piss water, which is me filling up the bottles from a water fountain. But, you know, I kind of objected to filling, to buying, uh, spending shitloads of money on like three fifty, at least three dollars and fifty cents a goddamn bottle. Okay, let me pause just for one moment. As I was saying, we're down in Disney. We got fucking, you got to hydrate or you're dead meat, okay? You're dead. So, water bottles. We had probably 30, at least 30 water bottles stacked up empty in our hotel room on top of the TV. Again, close quarters, yes, yes. I would fill those up as many times as I could. Out of, out of the sink, out of the freaking water fountains, out of legit uh, water bottle refill stations. Whatever I could get, I would fill it up. And my wife and daughter were calling it piss water, which... It is, but my, my belief is this. I know that water is not water is not water, right? I know that there's water that's of higher quality. I know that, um, I also know that many of our municipal water, um, your average municipal water treatment facilities in the United States have really, really fucking impeccable standards, and they're required, unless you're Flint, Michigan, they're required to provide reports on heavy metals, impurities, coliform bacteria levels, that's E. coli, that comes from poop, and all kinds of other impurities, and so most of our municipal water facilities are good to go, okay? <clears throat> and so, if you're freaking Disney World, I'm assuming, even though your water might not taste great, that's why they're calling it piss water, it might, it might not taste great, but it's, it's high quality, fucking safe to drink water. And it's not $3.50 a fucking a bottle, which I think is ridiculous. In fact, if there were one thing that I could, a complaint that I could make... Given the heat, given the humidity down there, given a clear risk for uh, heat casualties, heat cramps, heat freaking exhaustion, heat stroke, can kill you. I feel like they should have, and, and they're, you know, they got a green mission and all this stuff they're trying to, it's actually, um, their theme at Epcot right now is, is green, going green. And it's spring, so plants growing and all that shit, right? So, given that that is their mission, 
you think that they would have water refill stations everywhere. I didn't know if that was a function of, uh, you know, hey, let's just run up a bill. You know, water's got to be a major cash cow for them. Like, I'm sure that this is a common complaint. You know, Dasani water, or Smart water, or whatever. I mean, they're just selling that shit left and right. Or is it because they, they you know, water, okay, they, they would rather put it on um, a vendor. You know, to have Dasani, have Smart water, have Coca Cola, whatever. Make them responsible for the water quality. So when people are sipping on water, it's not on them. You don't have to hear complaints about whatever the local water source. But again, Disney, they got to have. I know it's on a swamp and maybe the water is eggy or sulfuric or whatever the fuck it is. It's like, why is it that the best bagels are produced in New York City? Something about the water I've read. Is that true? In the year 2022, is it really something that unique about water in Manhattan? New York City that makes it great or great for bagel making. It just doesn't seem it seems implausible. So it's in something interesting to discuss. And I gotta fucking believe that they have, you know, a hundred people at those parks, at least, if not hundreds on a very hot day, people falling ill with heat, exhaustion, and stroke. So we got to do what we can to prevent that sort of thing. No stranger to that, having, you know, served in the Marine Corps, there's a constant risk of that. I've seen a lot of people go down as heat injuries. It's scary. Again, it can be fatal. And you want to have a good time down at the park. You need that stamina to walk from park to park and ride to ride and it's a calamity man it is something else so I mentioned that Sam, the most able-bodied among us he was complaining about the individuals riding around in in, uh, scooters and at first I was like yeah, you know, it's disgusting to me too it just, there's so many people who that absent any major disability they just, they don't have mobility, they don't have, they're too heavy, they're too, they're too arthritic, they're too sedentary to go in there and, and expect to, to walk 9 to 11 miles, and it definitely, there's something, it's, there's evidence, hence, of the, uh, you know, the shape that we are in as Americans, it was challenging to me. I'm not in the best shape of my life, but holy shit, man. It's hot. I was fucking eating whatever we could eat just to put calories in us to give us energy to get from point A to point B and and sustain this good time. So, let's get to the nuts and bolts of it, though. Get down to the freaking business. Lily's team competed on Friday. They had a great performance there. Like I said, there was one uh, mistake where a girl, you know, fell while doing a tumble, and it wasn't even a function of what she was doing wrong. It was the a different type of uh, 
very a particularly springy spring floor, I guess, that jettisoned this young lady who's done this move many, many times. Um, so she fell. She kind of like over-rotated and wound up coming off the, the mat a little bit and corrected, she corrected immediately and finished up uh, her job. But just that much, just that one mistake made the difference between third place and eighth place. And so, no harm done. Again, a national level competition, so there was a very, very stiff competition there. It was from the best teams, 20 best teams in the country. And Lily's bomb squad, uh, they turned out eighth. So we have our competition, and it's a great day, and we take some pictures, and there were some tears, and there was smiles, and there was a lot of camaraderie, and it was beautiful weather the entire time we were there, if you like hot, snake-dick weather. Sunny every day. It's beautiful. Rained one night. It was nice and refreshing, just to replenish for the next day. So we have a great time. We go to all these parks. Went on friggin' Space Mountain. We went on Thunder Mountain Railroad. Went on Snow White and the Seven Dwarves fucking mine train. We went on Ratatouille Ride, where you're you're like a little mouse that's scurrying around the kitchen floor. <coughs> um, we went on fucking uh, haunted hay, haunted house ride be every fucking thing we went on, and we had these lightning lanes passes, so that gots, gets us there quick, which is awesome, right, so we don't have to wait in long lines, so we had plenty of excitement, and we ended most nights 10, 11 o'clock in the, in the hotel room, exhausted, hit the rack, and repeat, and we knew that's what we were in for, and it was a great time, it was a great time to be together. I don't want to do it again anytime soon. I will say that. Because <clears throat> it's uh, stressful and expensive and and it's just too much. We get on the flight. We're fulfilled. The next, uh, yesterday, we get fucking some breakfast in us. We check out. We get to the airport. Flight comes on time. Lands on time. Get the shuttle to our car fucking which is in Essington <clears throat> lot parking lot was in Essington so they come fucking parking jet probably won't use them again but it's another story we get home can't wait to see my bogey boy you know he's been watched by one of my friends and patients for five days she took impeccable care of him stayed at our home, and uh, it just felt so good knowing that he was taken care of, and so excited to see him, he comes out, pisses all over himself and us, and reunited, we put, bring all the freaking stuff in, unloaded, things calm down, order some Chipotle, disgusted that we're going to have to eat junk food, or take out, but it's lesser of evils, as far as takeout is concerned, right, Chipotle's not terrible, we order that like 8.30 at night. I gotta wake up for an 8 a.m. patient this morning. 6.30 a.m. wake up, right? 
my wife and I look at each other. We had a little fucking rant, a little... You know, we're just t- run down, exhausted, right? A little sniffly. <clears throat> Figured it was a responsible thing to do to take a test prior to uh, going back into work. Sure as shit, we got the fucking COVID cooties. Which, um... I always knew it was a distinct possibility. Right? Because... There's so many fucking people, tens of thousands of people you're sharing space with, you're getting on rides with, you're going around turnstiles with, you are eating next to your servers, your your patrons, your hosts, your characters, fucking Mickey Mouse running around, you know, all the different characters that you know and love, and just the, the shuttle, you're on a shuttle, which is a bus, like a stripped down bus with big windows and You've got, I don't know, 50, 100 people on that bus with you. And you're waiting for the shuttle. Let the shuttle stop. And you're waiting next to people. And you're you know, drinking and eating. And right next to fucking everybody. Like, the whole proximity thing obviously goes against, entirely against the grain of what's <clears throat> been going on with the COVID cooties terms of like social distancing, you you just can't do it there, right, if you're going to go one place where, if you're trying to limit your, um, your exposure to people and contact surfaces and all that shit, the air you breathe, I mean, staying in a hotel, whatever, if you do that, you go to Disney, there's no fucking distancing from anybody, or anything, not to mention we're in a huge indoor um, arena where the cheer was happening and everybody's just sandwiched in there. So you can't escape from this shit if you tried. So, again, some sniffles, um, feeling run down, coming back, all the excitement, and now we went from 60 to zero real quick. We tested positive, wife's positive, daughter's positive, Sam's negative. Sam had COVID a few months ago, maybe five months ago. It's no big deal for him. It was like an overnight blip on the radar screen, minor blip. <clears throat> so, after three years of dodging this fucking critter and all the talk that I've done about it and about the just the agony of testing, and safety, and social distancing, and impact to my schedule, where you got people canceling, and rescheduling, and canceling again, and I mean, everybody that I know that has been safer than safe, eventually gets this fucking thing, this family that I know, they, you know, they've been so safe, God, one of the only things that they've been doing the past couple of years is like going to my coming to my office, you know. And a few a couple of weeks ago, right before I I left, for, we left for Disney. In fact, they went, you know, they went away. A couple of things. They went to uh, Louisiana for to New Orleans for a week or a few days. Then they went out to see their daughter in in uh, college for a weekend. They come back from that, I think. 
and they had it. And they're okay, you know, just like I'm okay. I'm driving around, and all day today, by the way, I, uh, I've been out, out in the yard doing fucking mowing the lawn, weed whacking, watering my plants, and just staying busy. Because an idle mind's a devil's fucking workshop. I don't need to be sitting, looking at my phone, and doing emails, and, oh my God, are you okay? I understand everybody's, you know, loves me, and I love them. I'm going to be fucking fine. All right, I sound a little nasal right now. That's like the remainder of the COVID cooties. That's all. You know, rest of the family been inside all day. I've been outside getting some vitamin D. Pounding water. We're going to have a nice meal together. We got our bogey boy. We're all back in one home. And so we don't have to wait for a fucking, you know, make this deadline for a lightning lane or anything like that anytime soon, so it was actually wonderful, you know, there was a time to get COVID, I think this is actually the perfect time, why, because, again, we knew that this was a possibility in, um, in going to Disney, if it was going to happen, what if weeks, one of us contracted COVID leading up to this? and couldn't go, or everybody got it, then she couldn't go and compete, she'd have been tr- uh, just crushed, devastated, because she would have been a- unable to do, to show her stuff, and be part of the team, so we made it down there, she had her competition, she did her best, she shined so fucking brightly, got to see my daughter happy, and engaged, and, and she, other girls, <clears throat> I overheard them as they were walking, uh, I overheard the other girls say, oh, Lily, you really come out of your shell down here. Like, oh, this is great. You know, they, they love Lil. She's talking, she's running off with them instead of being up my wife's wife's ass. Joined the hip with my lovely wife, lovely, caring, supportive wife who, who again, is <clears throat> like, they're like Siamese twins or something. They're together so much. So, it's a good thing. But, Mandy will tell you, me that, uh, you know, she, we're hoping that she was going to come out of her shell and go out there into the world and, and let people see what she's made of. And she's done that, and as I said, the girls were... <coughs> had taken notice of that as well. And I thought that that way, it was wonderful to hear that, you know. She took her mask off because it was an exercise in futility to keep it on. Eventually, you know, going on these rides, walking around the parks, Lily, even Lily took her mask off. And from that point on, she just went in Rome. Went out to the fucking, got in line for whatever ride and had a great time. And you could tell it wasn't even on her mind. This little infinitesimal critter that has caused so much havoc and so much fear. She just did it. She just went and competed through it. 
break. Okay, I'm back. So, as I was relating, contracted the COVID cooties. It's unfortunate. It's disruptive. But we are all, um, at this point, feeling pretty good. A little tired, a little sniffly. And certainly run down. But that could be as much a function of just walking around those parks doing half marathon speed walking around this freaking parks in the heat as it is from any super flu or whatever the fuck obviously you can tell by my voice I'm not taking too much off my game by this at all but it's one of those things you know having dodged it for so long, finally being stung by this, by this critter, all the stories you've heard, you know, all the debate about masks or no masks or surfaces or all the little things that we've done, all the safety measures we've adhered to or have not. I mean, the Obers have tried to be very, very safe. But, of course, you remember me talking about how pleased... I was for the mask mandate to expire so that we no longer do that in the office. It's fucking hot. It is a little bit stressful to be always having that mask on when you're working as hard as I do. Um, inside, it's like, oh, you feel like a little claustrophobic. Like there's, there's definitely, definitely requires a little extra effort to breathe. It's not going to kill you. It's not going to reduce your VO2 <clears throat> max or anything like that, or your oxygen saturation or anything like that, but it's it's something to, to be concerned about. So I'm glad we don't have to do that anymore. I feel like we're operating safely. Just watch the young family walk into you know, a local restaurant, kids piling out of the car, going up in there and everybody playing, and, you know, people just kind of going about their business. I'm glad folks are going about their business, and I'm upset about getting COVID, particularly since I was ready to, you know, after having all that play, I was ready to get back to work and get back to normal, and it's going to delay that for a few days, but best I can surmise, I contracted this on Friday. Was it the... the venue at the ESPN Center where we're all sandwiched next to however many hundred or a thousand cheerleaders and their families. Was that it? Was it something in the HVAC system of the resort that we stayed at? Was it the piss water? Was it something that I contracted before we even got on the plane to go to Disney? Who knows? Who knows? I'm not going to, my mind's not going to run wild about it, but I think that it's, 
It could have been, you know, again, the airport, the flight, the, you know, the, um, the shuttle to the airport, to and fro, just the, the constant, you had to let your guard down. I went on Reddit last night and I looked, so what is the, what is the likelihood, you know, search, what is the likelihood of contracting COVID at a theme park? Well, it's a lot higher than just kind of um, going about your normal routine, right? <laughs> because you're gonna basically standing around thousands of other strangers. So it's high. It's possible. And there were, there's at least one other girl who contracted it on, that was on that's on her team um, that contracted COVID down in the park. So it's obviously a risk. I can't believe that I feel the way I do in terms of you know justify like this. I'm not gonna hang my head about this. You know, it is what it is count me among the hundreds of millions of people. Seven billion people in the world. Hundreds of millions of people. I think half the United States has contracted COVID-19. Now I'm part of that group. And I'm vaccinated, I'm boosted, I've been as safe as I can be for as long as I can be. And if this is the worst that it gets, then I'm glad I went down to Disney and saw my daughter compete on a national level. And I made a friend, many friends, I think, and had a good experience with the family. And it was something that I felt that we needed to do. And we're going to be just fine. said I probably contracted this on Friday, so per CDC regulations, you're most contagious a couple days prior to your contracting it, so um, Thursday, Friday, if I contracted it, it became symptomatic on Saturday. This is interesting, okay? Saturday night, Saturday we went to, shit, where we go? Went to Epcot during the day, hot as balls. Then we fucking, that afternoon, we went to another park. And then that evening, we went to, um, met up with the group, and we went to yet another park. Oh, Animal Kingdom, which is big and hot and has a snake's cock in a swamp. Dragon on its underbelly. It's fucking Peter Dragon right up against the mud and the sand and the fucking grime. Just a lot of friction there. You know what I'm saying? So we did a lot. That was the 26,000 plus step day. 11 miles. I was hot as fuck. Speed walking around this, all those parks. I get home and I, I, I took every effort to hydrate that day, but I was clearly fucking in a 
fragile state. I said, I'm gonna, I told my daughter as we were walking through Animal Kingdom that night that I'm gonna collapse tonight and I don't wanna hear anything about my snoring or anything like that because it's just inevitable. There's nothing I can do about it. I wanna be so exhausted that my larynx is just gonna be so floppy and I snore and I know it's, I gotta do something about my snoring. <clears throat> but uh, we get back to that hotel and I fucking take a shower and I collapse in bed and I go up to take a leak and of course the combination of the heat that we've been exposed to maybe some dehydration certainly some dehydration and the very, very cold, comparative, you know, uh, forced HVAC coming through. I was thankful to have the air conditioning, but it was coming out, focusing right on me. So when I got up, I went into these shivers, man. So I must have been running a fever. And that was Saturday night. I was shaking like a fucking leaf. I had to get underneath the blanket and put another blanket on top, and I just got in the fetal position, I was able to stop these convulsions, wherever the fuck they were, I, I chalked that up to dehydration, it must have been the COVID cooties, taking hold, woke up the next morning and it was over, I had sweated quite a bit, but rehydrated, went over to the fucking cafeteria, got a nice meal, and we went out again. You know, the interesting thing, and I'll end on this note, I know this has been a long podcast, but what's interesting to me is that when you're on a mission like this, like, I I did think throughout this process, I'm like, ooh, I wonder if they're, like, giving out free COVID tests, or what do they do with people that get sick while they're down there? Do you get I'm a thousand miles, a couple thousand miles away from home, right? What do I do? Do I... Do I get on a plane and fly back sick? Do I rent a car, call the rental agency and say, hey, we got COVID, we want to rent a car and drive home? What do you do? Because you want to be responsible. You don't want to get anybody else sick. But you're not sure that you're sick and you don't want to end your good time and you're all run down and hot and bothered and everything else. So you're just fucking going like a machine. Like nothing about this experience was incapacitating, but I just constantly go and go and go, and obviously that is a stress, physical, mental, emotional stress as well, but when you're in the throes of an experience like this, and I've, I've experienced it before, a couple times, three times we've been down to Disney in the past 10 years, I think, all around the kids' sports and shit like that. <clears throat> When, when you're doing this stuff, when you are engaged in a good time at the caliber of Disney, it's just a matter of what park are we going to tomorrow and what rides do we want to line up to get these lightning lane genie passes for or whatever. Because that's our good time. Oh, tomorrow we're doing this. 
tomorrow we're going on, you know, the, you know, we're going to eat it here, and we're going to go on the fucking Ratatouille ride, and we're going to go on Soarin', and we're going to do all these things. You have to organize your trip. And so, you're so, such, in such a deliberate, you know, excitement mode that, you know, eh, when I walk through the gift shops or whatever, I was wondering if they had some halls or, um, you know, my wife said a couple times that her throat was a little scratchy or somebody had a loose stool or whatever. No shit. It was a fucking incredibly stressful experience. Just, just, just doing this, just being, um, being part of this journey. It's a stress. Not to mention the athletes that are going there to try to, you know, all of their hard work, they're hoping it's going to pay off and come together so that they can, they can really, you know, win this competition, compete well, perform, look good, you know, when they did. And so, in summary, what an experience. Daughter's team took eighth in the nation at her level of competition. She, her routine, her part was flawless. She came out of her shell, made a bunch of friends, took her mask off, showed her face and herself to the world. And that's more important than any fucking theme park or any fucking perk that Disney and Mickey Mouse can possibly offer up. That is the best. That's why we got her involved in, in sports and activities. So that she can she can show what she's made of and she can make friends in the process and have commonality and have something, a feather in her cap that she can use to as a springboard to do other cool things in life. And Lily... You know, maybe you have a child like her. Maybe you're a person like her. She's quiet, a quiet worker. She's a little self-conscious, like most teenage girls, most teenagers, most people. <clears throat> but she's a very, very good person. And she's very smart. She's very physically gifted. And she's a fucking hard worker, man. So we want other people to see that. Her peers, you know, and, and so that she has their respect and vice versa. And we saw her palling around with the girls and the families. And so to have today off because we got the fucking an active COVID cootie infection, five days going on, you know, four days or five days old. No longer contagious, most likely. We're going to test out over the next couple days. I just went to the office to pick up these fucking tests. <clears throat> Tomorrow I'll test out. And Thursday I'll test out. And so long as I'm clear, I'm going to be returned to the office Thursday or Friday this week wearing a mask. And then next week I should be free and clear of this nonsense. 
So I say it was fucking worth it. We knew that this was a possibility. At the start of this journey, we knew that it was a fucking incredible journey to do all this training for competition and to put the logistics together and to get there, the team intact. <clears throat> we saw the window. The team was able to go down there and travel down there with their families and compete and put together a pretty freaking substantial victory. We had fun in the process with other people. So if we got a little fucking cooties. And it's also, it's almost a relief in a way. Because you know, we've all been fucking working so hard to dodge this damn thing. And in the process, as each, you know, as the weeks and months and the years pass by, and, you know, the people that can say that they didn't have the cooties are few and far between. Right? Everybody's getting it. And in most cases, if you're vaccinated, it's a mild case. So what? I got a little fucking congestion? It was worth it. And now, between my vaccines and my, um, and the an actual infection, I'm going to have super immunity. So this shit's going to bounce off me. That's why Sam is, is most likely negative, right? Because he had, he had COVID and he had the vaccine. So my read, my scientific readings uh, suggest that that's the scenario that plays out. So nobody wants to get the fucking COVID cooties if, if they don't have to. But if you do, then you make it through with a mild case. Guess what? Now you're boosted up. So that this thing can do that much less damage to you. So, COVID-19, took a COVID-19. I like to tell you, go fuck yourself. Alright? <clears throat> nice try. Disney, uh, Mickey Mouse, I'd like to tell you to go fuck yourself too. Because you, um, although we had a great fun in the process. <clears throat> it was also a fucking ordeal. And full Americana on display. Just people haphazardly walking in lanes. No semblance of order. No lanes. Just like, oh, I'm going to stagger over in your direction now. Oh, I'm going to cut clear across. No, no keep, I would say to the family, like, keep right past left come up behind people that are meandering around passing lane motherfucker so <clears throat> looks like I'm running low on time to, to do my podcast I think I've said my piece here I'll be fine kicking ass and taking names be back in the office by the end of the week safely um, to take care of my beloved patients and I look forward to seeing everybody <clears throat> Huh!